During the 1970s, the possibility of a global nuclear war was still treated as a very real threat. Both the US and Soviet Union were caught in a seemingly endless race of nuclear weapon proliferation. In the northern state of Minnesota, the US had constructed several bases that housed installations for the launch of nuclear ballistic missiles. In 1967, in the nearby state of Montana, it was reported that, after a dramatic encounter with a UFO, a number of nuclear missiles housed there had been made inoperable. The seeming interest of these unidentified phenomena in the nuclear weapons constructed by humans has been well documented in the countless sightings of UFOs around and above their facilities. In 1979, did a local sheriff's deputy possibly encounter one of the devices sent to observe the activities at a nearby military base housing nuclear-tipped missiles. What evidence left several investigators unable to suggest an earthly explanation for the physical damage left to the deputy's vehicle? This case file joined the theorists as they tell you a thing or two about a thing or two, you betcha, in the Val Johnson incident. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 158, The Val Johnson Incident. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. I thought you were going to say, and you look a little different today with that big old duster on your lip. Well, let's be honest. We're talking about a Canadian legend today. I had to uh, do the honors and grow a stash just like his. I've been waiting for this one, guys. This means a lot to me. I... What did you study for this? What do you mean, what? Well, what everybody else studied. I, it's, it was a little bit weird to me that we're singling out Hal, because, listen, Hal Johnson is a Canadian legend. I'm not going to lie, but we can't... I don't know why we're not even including Joanne McLeod in the title. You know, she's just as much a bigger part, or as big of a part of a fucking Body Break as Hal is, is she not? How many episodes of Body Break did you watch in preparation for this case file? But listen, I've been I've been putting in my fucking I've been putting in homework on body break since I was what, like six, seven years old? Saturday morning cartoons, commercials. <laughs> Buddy, I live my life by keeping fit and having fun. You know me. That's what I do. So guys, Val what do you, you guys want to know? Johnson. Val. Yeah, hell. I got I heard you. I didn't grow a mustache for nothing. V- like as in Val Kilmer. Val. What about him? What does Val, Val. Kilmer have to do? Val, Val Kilmer and Hal Johnson friends? What does what does the greatest Batman of all time have to do with this case? <laughs> well, it's blasphemy. Um, Val Johnson. Those of you, listen, those of you who don't know what Body Break is, first off, look up it's Body amazing. Break. It was uh, when we were young children. I, I, Body Break may still be a thing. I don't know. I think it's still going. Uh, but it was like a commercial on Canadian cable TV. Uh, that would like, you know, halfway through your cartoon or whatever, Body Break would come on with Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod and it would be like them jogging in a park and they would just talk about the benefits of exercise for five minutes and then it would cut back to your cartoon. But like, they're a staple of Canadian uh, pop culture, I would say. And uh, that's why we're talking about them tonight. Full case file. We're talking dedicated. about Val Johnson. Who the fuck is Val Johnson? And yeah. why are we talking about them? 
Well, he had a UFO encounter. I don't know why the fuck you thought we were talking about Hal Johnson other than his unbelievable mustache. Yeah, because he's a goddamn Canadian legend. That's why. But all right, I guess he's as Canadian as fucking. I mean, Ron Val Pond. Johnson had a pretty sweet stash when he got when he had his encounter. But you yeah, know, sure. so you're kind of half right. Still, yeah, you got the mustache. Managed to right. fail upwards, so that's good. So this is a Val Johnson mustache and not a yes. Hal Johnson mustache. You got it. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, they look the same though. Very similar. It's still pretty good. And mm. you know what? Minnesota is pretty much uh, Canada anyway, right? Yeah, it's American Canada. It's, it's American it's Canada. Southern Canada. <laughs> yeah, Southern Canada. <laughs> <laughs> It's you know what we never talked about either, and we're getting close to it. Two things actually I want to talk about before we get into the Val Johnson incident. One is, are we gonna grow? Uh, are we gonna do some sort of? We should do something for November this year. We never have done it, but now that we're live streaming, we could do something. Uh, are we going no shave November and just grow beards and then shave them into something funny for the last uh, for the first live stream of December? The last I have, like I, I can only go mustache uh, or yeah, maybe goatee, so. but goatees are horrendous. I already got the yeah. beard going. I just keep it going the whole time. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm going to cheat too. Obviously, I'm going to start yeah. right now. Dude, no shave November and like Movember were so much more fun when you couldn't grow a good one because you'd be so excited. Now you just get so big and bushy so <clears> fast and you're like, this is horrible. Yeah, Itchy. I have that same I can't problem. sleep. You don't? No. <laughs> Dude, it takes me like, it would take me six months. To grow what you grow in 20 days. That's true. That This this was um, just over two weeks. You know how long you've been growing this? Like four months. <laughs> Fucking crazy. I don't think I've ever seen I you I don't shave. know, man. Maybe you can hit puberty soon. We'll ch- this might be different. It'll be good. Anyways, let's uh, let, let's talk about uh, what we're going to do for No Shave November and possibly maybe a sober October and after hours. But tonight, uh, let's talk about the Val Johnson UFO incident. Back in 1979. So 1979 in northwestern Minnesota, you have Marshall County Sheriff's Department Deputy Val Johnson. Uh, he was driving on at the uh, highway tw- uh, 222, 220. Yeah, 220. So he's driving on State Highway 220, heading west, I believe. And he spots this type of bright light uh directly towards the south so he pulls on to highway five county highway five oh no sorry pulls on a cal- state highway 220 he drives down south chases this light looking well at the, it. the reason the reason why he even turned to look at it because it's the way that looked from a distance he thought that this light you know it was he he guessed like maybe three feet hovering off the ground he had assumed at this distance that this was a car with a missing headlight so th- I think that's what piqued his interest as an officer because he's probably like, oh, you know, I'll, I'm gonna go let this guy know he's got a light out. Uh, so we got a, that's, we I got think- a cooligan over here driving around with one <laughs> headlight. The guy's a pediddle just driving around. We better get him quick. So I that's why like right away that's what struck me. I know like it doesn't. He never actually says that, but to me, I'm like, okay, he's an officer. He sees something that he's right now is assuming is you know he 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 said it. He thought it was a something with one headlight. So it makes sense to me that he was going to go approach it to either write a citation or pull them over. Listen, He's got his ticket book ready. All yeah. right. Yeah, Val, hey, Val is the law. Yeah. Like, that guy doesn't <laughs> fuck around. He saw ju- that fucking he's, single he's highlight. fucking Judge Dredd of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the one headlight and he just sitting in his car by himself. Judgment time. <laughs> <laughs> So Val Johnson spots this light. Uh, he goes barreling down south, uh, 220 at 
said he got up to like 60, 70 miles per hour, about Ooh. a mile, uh, cruising after this thing. Uh, he described it as the as a type of bright light, but he said it had very defined edges. Like he wasn't really sure what it was, and it seemed to be hovering just a short, like very three to four feet above the ground. See, that's an interesting. I just wanted to stop right there for a quick second. When they said defined edges, in my head, I was picturing like you know when you have those really good flashlights um, that you can like you can push the head in and out and like get a really controlled beam, and then you can put it into like almost like a perfect square on the wall or whatever. When yep. he says defined edges, is that what you guys pictured as well? Of like this light's at a distance, but it doesn't like blur like a headlight where it's like there is, you know, where you're looking Directed. at a headlight doesn't really have an end. It's like a perfect square. Is that what, is that kind of what we're thinking? Like an actual, more of a spotlight rather than like a head, like a lamp. So like yeah, a that's direct, what I was thinking like in my head too. Beam? Like it was very, like very defined. Well, like yeah, the light is contained like within a certain area. Like you're yeah. saying, like it would, it's not like the rate the light isn't like radiating out from it. It's just kind of just yeah, exactly. There. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Not gonna lie, yeah. I didn't put that much thought into it, but yeah, that makes sense. I that's what that's I was because I was like, what does that mean? Clean edges on the light is like is that is that what the picture you guys got painted for you as well? It's the only picture I'm seeing now. Okay, yeah, Bob Ross, that shit. That's all I can yeah, see. Yeah, thank you, mental Bob you're Ross. Beautiful. So now Val Johnson is barreling towards this light, uh, trying to figure out what it is, doesn't know. Upon approaching it or getting near to this object, he remembers just having light fill his car, like just completely white out everything. Uh, he remembers he the last thing that he remembers hearing before waking up after this event uh, was the car breaking, but he would said that he didn't remember pushing the brakes on the car uh he remembers the sound of glass cracking and then after that he woke up with his car off the side of the road in a ditch uh with various signs of damage to the vehicle it was really what stood out to me was the fact that how he just he described the light actually being in the car with him right you know what i mean yeah. like he's like it was no longer just like outside it was in the car with me which was kind of bizarre. He well, and he also just he also before he crashed, he said that he had accelerated up to 60, 65 miles per hour, which in what's that normal like a hundred kilometers? Normal. An hour? <laughs> what's that normal? normal? What's in real world measurements? That's like one hundred and ten kilometers an hour. Like he's he's clipping, he's clipping pretty good. So the fact that he even walks away from fucking blacking out driving that speed is phenomenal. The second thing is when he he described that light, he said it was like a mile down the road. And then in an instant, in an instant, at the speed of light, this light was now in the car with him, like enveloped the car. Did he say that he likes when the light was coming, he like fucking gunned it? Did he, like, no, did he, he didn't have he didn't have time. Like he went to turn. He accelerated to 60, 65 miles an hour. And then the next thing he knew, the light was all of a sudden, boom, it's in the car, like instant. Like he, it was, it wasn't, he didn't have time to react. It was just enveloped. Right. The car. He drew, they drew a sketch of the actual, like after the, they made the incident report, uh, after Val had, had called this in, um, showing that it, like you can actually look up this area, uh, where it is. It's on street views on Google if you want to. Uh, and it's just a long stretch of road with like a little tree line. And he said that there, there's a tree line about a mile from where he, the car stopped or where he remembers, you know, being on the road. And he said that the light traveled, like it was just near those trees. And then as he was accelerating toward it, it just jumped 
towards him like instantaneously like move towards him and then whited out the car next thing he knows he wakes up uh the car in a ditch with signs of damage uh all over the car really yeah it looks like from the pictures it looks like he was going down the highway and then the light came towards him he probably slammed on the brakes and swerved to get out of the way because in the pictures of the scene the car is like like perpendicular to the road half in the ditch and there's there's a couple pictures, but it's pretty old. So I don't know. Let's put them up here and see if see if we can go through it here. Well, and, and not only that, like the other thing that I the the car there was the car was said to travel 950 feet is what I read, but the skid mark there was only like 95 feet of skid marks. Right. So what I imagine happening is that there's either two ways that that happens. So it's either when the light hits the car, he or whatever this light is locks up the car. It skids for 90 feet going 110 or right. 60 miles an hour. It skids for the 90 feet, but then it lets off because and he's passed out. So now the car is just rolling and it rolls another 800 feet at whatever. You know, when you put your car in drive and it just kind of coasts yeah. at a speed. So it would do that for another 800 feet or it travels that and then locks up the last 95. That's what I couldn't figure out. But like in all the reports I read, it said the car traveled about 900 feet with only 95 feet of skid, skid marks. Yeah. This is, that's so disappointing. I, I, when I heard, I thought he like the light was coming at him. It was in his car and he had no other choice. He fucking juiced the gas. Like fucking mad at it. <laughs> he was like chicken. Scream. Oh, no, not the guy today. just fucking screams freedom and crashes into this light like fucking like a badass. But all right, uh, yeah, the car he was driving. What is this? Like a Ford LTD. Like oh, yeah. that thing's a fucking tank. It's yeah. probably, it was it was like the biggest sedan they had built. Buddy, top like, of the line. History. Thing was a fucking monster. Minnesota fucking classic. Top of the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Marshall PD. Big budget, buddy. These are fucking nice cars. If you're watching the live stream, that's the car. It's it's a fucking tank. It's a tank, man. It's like fucking <laughs> fucking. Yeah, if that awesome. car, if that car were to go head on with any car of today's time, it would explode. That car. Yeah. Look, you this have car? so much, dude. You have so much. No, this car would drive right, oh, through, man, right through your your Honda. Like it would this, drive oh, yeah. right through it. This that's like you hear so many horror stories from like people who used to work emergency services back in the day because those were just nothing but fucking metal death machines yeah like tanks like people just you get in a minor fender bender and you're decapitated it's just <laughs> like it's all metal and fucking fury it's all like it's horrible guys weren't even wearing seatbelts back then you had your kid fucking sitting on the floorboards like no biggie well you it's didn't want to lose value when you got into a head-on you wanted to be able to sell it after no, hey listen it's all good shit'll buff out it's fine <laughs> 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 that's we find out later that the, they wanted to put that car back into fucking like use the police department they did They're like it's all good she still okay. runs okay so to sum it up we got val johnson he's driving down the highway he sees this light in a distance he thinks it's a maybe a car with a head headlamp out or something something that catches his eye as a like a police officer next thing he knows the light is coming towards him at an unbelievable pace, and then, then he, he screams freedom and hits the fucking <laughs> gas pedal and goes into the light. So whatever Badass. happens, he either coasts for a bit and puts on the brakes or puts on the brakes, then coasts, but he ends up slightly off the road. His car has a broken windshield, headlamp, and bent like radio antenna and a smashed top light. 
that's pretty much what's happened right. so far. And there's some like little weird dents in it too that it didn't have any didn't have before. Like so yeah, and the next thing he knew is he woke up 40 minutes later from when he well from his estimate like after he called it in. And there's another weird little detail is that he figured because at the beginning of his shift, I believe at 7 p.m. the previous night, he always synchronized his watch with the clock in his car. Right. So in his in his squad car. Not just that. The squad car and his watch, he was synchronized to the watch in the station. Right. So everyone's running right. on at the same time. So that's what gave him the calculation that they came to where they said he was missing 14 minutes both the car and his timex watch were both 14 minutes slow yeah compared to the clock when they called into the station and that's not a loss of like a weakened battery that's just like something something happened to both those clocks at the same time right when i worked at princess auto in 2004 i changed all the clocks on the floor to half an hour fucking or like ahead of time so we get off early how long that last? About two weeks it was fucking awesome <laughs> so what you're saying is just val johnson's a time thief exactly <laughs> listen I don't no he works harder time. he slowed it down so you want he's like i'm gonna put in an extra 15 guy's got a miserable home life he's like i need to stay here as long as i can okay so he originally calls it in at like was like one like 140 or something and he comes to at 220 a.m that's right. That's when he's, so he's on the side of the road. He's got his busted up car. That's when he makes right. the call to dispatch. Do we have that? We have, we do have the call to dispatch. So he gets out of his car or maybe doesn't get out, but he is, he's on the radio and he, uh, he calls dispatch and I think it, so here's the start of it. I'm going to play on the stream here. 407, 400. Go ahead, 407. Oh yeah, it's just Johnson here. Uh, is there anyone available? I don't want to be a bother. Oh, Val, what's going on here, buddy? Are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. No. I, I, uh, I just, you know, I'm kind of stuck in the ditch. Uh, my car is a little banged up. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to bug anyone, but if there's anyone that could come and, you know, give me a hand, that'd be great. Oh, you don't say, Val. What happened? How'd you get in there? Did one of them hooligans again with their bright lights shine it in there and you crash into the ditch or what? Well, you know, you know funny you say that, but I, there was a bright light, then I chased it, and the next thing I know, you know, darn tootin', it was right in the car with me. Right you, in here. You don't save? Oh, well, this sounds like it's pretty, it's a big deal. I better call in uh, Brecky over here and see what, you know, get his little two cents and see what we can do to help you out. Hey Brecky, we got we got Val on the line here. He's a, he's having a little bit of a problem. Can you get over here here, Stat? Oh yeah, what's what's that hoser up to? Well find out right now. Val, he's he's a transplant from Canada, so we're, no big deal. Hey uh hey uh Val, I got him on the line here. Do you wanna do you wanna let Brecky know what's going on? Oh yeah, it's just you know, it's I don't wanna bug everyone, you know, it's it's night shift, but uh I don't wanna be a bother. But you know the light it it came into the car. Uh, I was chasing it. I was I you know I had my foot to the floor, uh, and going 60, 65 miles per hour pretty fast. And the next thing I know, I'm in the ditch. You know, there's some the windshield's all damaged. Uh, you know, it's you know from what I can feel because I can't really see it 
No, I don't want to. I don't want to worry anyone. But oh, yeah, Val, if I could get some assistance, no bother here, Val. Did you hear that, Bricky? Did you catch any of that, or you need me to repeat and, it for you? Uh, what, what I what I hear is a, uh, a hey, hey, Val. Did, did you have your did you have your lighter out again, smoking that sixty five on the highway? How, how did how did you uh, burn your eyes? I don't understand. Well, I, well, I didn't. I didn't tell you I burned my eyes, but that's a good guess. I burned my eyes. I can't see. I can't see anything. What do you, you don't say? You can't see? Well, we better get uh, Doolittle over here real quick if there's something that bad going on. Oh, yeah, you got the, you got Val, you got Val in there, is on the radio on dispatch, yeah. Yeah, this, this, hey, Doolittle, Val, he's on the line here. You want to tell Doolittle what's going on? Oh, that do nothing? Oh, I'm just joshing. He's a good guy. I, uh, I don't want to bug him, but I can't see. I burned my eyes. Whoa, wait a second here. You don't say. You darn tootin' blind over there, Val? What's going on? Oh, I'm, I'm not blind. I just can't see because my eyes are burned, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm not a big deal. I don't want to bug anyone. Maybe I'll just walk. Wait, wait a second, Val. You you mean your eyes are burned? You, got, you still got eyeballs? Oh, I got eyes. But they're burnt. But they're burnt. Okay, well, we better dispatch uh, Grand Forks Ambulance Service to get out to there pronto ASAP, eh? Oh, don't bother them. Do nothing. What do you say, buddy? Should we call the ambulance service, or should we just put it in park and let them walk home? Uh, go ahead and dispatch an old ambulance there from Stephen, like you call them, and they should be happy to send somebody out there. I'll, uh, I'll hook up with uh, Winkowski over there on, uh, what does he say? It's about one point, uh, about half a mile, mile off of uh, Highway 5 there, yeah? yeah? That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, alright, yeah, I'll, ha I'll help out there, and no problem, and once I get out there, you can tell Val, he can tell me where he, he hid my, uh, darn coffee cup, yeah? Oh, I'll never tell that. I'm never telling that guy where his cup is. He'll never find it, eh? <laughs> this is, oh, yeah. Don't oh, ever I, tell do nothing, nothing. Oh, I'm not telling him nothing. Never. <laughs> All right, Val, we'll see you soon, pal. Oh, no. No worries, eh? Uh, I think that was how the radio call pretty much went. Like that? I think it sounded <laughs> like maybe more like this. Wholesome Minnesota. Seven, uh, what is your condition? I don't know. Uh, something just hit my car. I don't know how to explain it. It's strange. Are you, uh, what's your condition? Are you okay? Something attacked my car. I heard the glass breaking and the locks, the brake, brakes locked up. I mean, I I think ours was more accurate, but more I accurate could, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, my, ours was more accurate than the real thing. Yeah, I think so. Sense. I think so. That, that was a you know that was a <laughs> dramatized representation of what happened. Yeah, exactly. We we got to the heart of it. I think. But you can hear him in that recording. That's him calling dispatch, saying something attacked my car. That's a, that's his first word. Like, so this. He hasn't even mentioned the light yet. He just says something. It's like something attacked my car. Uh, I I definitely get the feeling that he interpreted what happened as like some type of aggressive maneuver by this object that it would, it came yeah. at his car, smashed up his window real good. The, you know, the, the hood of the car smashing his, his front, one of his front lights there. 
the actual car, like like Andrew mentioned before, they wanted to actually put the car back into service after the damage because they considered the damage mostly minor, replaceable, wasn't anything that couldn't be fixed. But they <laughs> the mayor uh, came. He's like, it's just a couple antennas. <laughs> Bend them up, put it back on the road. She's brand new. She's only two years old. Uh, but Brecky made the call to go ahead and just donate it to the historical society. It being just kind of a piece of uh, local history, so they were you can actually go and see the actual car uh, now uh, to this day uh, over at the Marshall County Historical Society. Uh, so if you ever want to check it out, like it, it, they say it's their biggest pull. So, I mean, I don't know what else they have out there, but it's like, you can actually see the car with all the original damage. Okay. Uh, listen here, it. you know, I'm, I'm just throwing this out here guys, but Manitoba, they got this thing called Charlie red star and it's selling <laughs> shit right off the racks. I'm telling you, we get this <laughs> alien fucking car. We park it. We're going to make bank. It's a big deal. So the funny thing is, is that, uh, from some reports, Val Johnson never really considered this to be an actual UFO until Brecky, the sheriff at the time, actually went ahead and made that kind of speculation. It kind of it could have been like, oh, yeah, there's well, maybe it was one of them. Maybe they're UFOs. And he made the decision to call in a bunch of experts in order to inspect it, the damage that was done to the car. So he called in people like uh, he called in a glass expert from the Ford Motor Company. Uh, he called in a consultant in hyperspectral imagery from the Brainerd Laboratory. And he called in a guy named Alan Hendry, who is an actual ufologist who worked for the Center of UFO Studies out of Chicago. And they called in those people from Honeywell. And I was like, what the fuck? What do they do? And apparently their deal is clocks. Right. Uh, well, there's, it's also a metallurgical engineer. Metallurgical? Yeah. There's some big words coming to investigate this case. <laughs> yeah. They, it's, it, it was like a full-blown investigation of this, of this thing. So You I would mean, have to, though. You would have to. Like, you have this guy. You don't know what's happened to him. He's got fucking burned eyes. Like legit, yeah. Had to go oh, to the hospital. no big deal. They're not too like, burned. This is they're burned. You still got eyeballs. Similar from like a welder's arc, like second degree burns on the corneas. Yeah, he's got flash burn. His his eyes himself are not like burnt, disfigured, but yeah. his retina is like he can His vision has been burned. So I like I tried to track down the med like any documentation for the medical records. I couldn't find anything. He had mild conjunctival irritation, is what they said. And then they talked about ha him having some type of small kind of damage or to his actual eyes and just saying to that his it cornea. Was, he got a couple eye yeah. drops and they fucking bandaged him up. Yeah, it wasn't away. anything huge, but it was still like we can't understand. Like it, it was it was damage that was consistent to be an exposed to a bright light, like a super bright light. Something like if you look directly at a welder, like a, yeah, an arc welding torch or something without proper protection. Probably the same thing, yeah, which we all do sure. all the time. Whenever you <laughs> see you one, not? you you can't look away. You see side peek, yeah. So it's probably the same thing that happened to Trump when he stared right at the solar eclipse. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> that? It's uh, you can block it with your hand. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, he's immune. It's, so like, it's wild because like, so you would have to like he had real injuries, and he's saying this. You would have to be like, you would have to call in all the stops because. One, his radio transmission says attacked. He was attacked. That's what he said. Yeah. So if you just do nothing about this, you have an officer who needed medical assistance who's essentially run off the road, and he's saying that there was a light and I was attacked. 
you know, kudos to his higher ups for even taking it this far because they should. Like, had they just been like, oh, and then nothing was ever done about it, that would have been piss poor policing. Like, you, something happens to one of your fellow officers, like, you got to fucking figure out what the hell happened because if this is someone or someone's out there doing this or targeting them, like, they got to figure it out. So, you know, I'm, I was glad they called in the experts because it <laughs> may, makes things even more interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you're glad. That's good. I am glad. I'm glad. Everyone's glad. a little, everyone's glad. That's better than a lot of cases because they did bring in like a whole, like a like an outside team to come investigate. Yeah, and that they ran a shitload of tests on this car. Like they did everything they did they could possibly think of in order to try to determine what had actually caused the damage to the car. Think about the countless other situations that have happened like this in the past, where they're like, "Fucking walk it off, bud. What are you up to? What do you mean, bright lights? Get fucked." Well, honestly, for every one of these cases, I'm sure there's a handful of cases where they're just like, he's fucking crazy. Fucking yeah. drove off the oh, road. Shit. Idiot. Yeah. Right? Like, without a doubt. Yeah, I think Val Johnson's background definitely contributed to the the amount of uh, attention that this drew from his superior, uh, Brecky, Sheriff Brecky at the time. Because Val was not known as a person who was like a, a big practical joker. It was pretty much like the the worst thing they figured that we, he would do would maybe hide your coffee cup. So he's not the kind of person to run big pranks uh, or, you know, commit to a giant hoax of something to this magnitude. So uh, I don't know when, when I watched the the interviews with him and stuff, he just seems about the most like wholesome Midwestern guy you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Like the guy is just straight up, just you're, you're straight out of Fargo. Like, <laughs> you don't say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like a really just wholesome guy. So let's go through the damage here of that was actually on the car. Yeah. So we had on the hood, uh, little dents, little dents on the hood. Uh, we had a shattered windshield on the driver's side with what looks to be three or four impact points. I wouldn't say shattered. Um, the big thing with the, the with the windshield is it what we call it is spider webbing. And that's usually indicative of contact from the head. So if you would make, you know what I mean? You get an accident, your head hits the windshield. It causes spider webbing. So like when we go to an accident, that's one thing we look for. Right. But the weird thing about this one is it's so fucking low. There's no way his head made contact with that area of the windshield. And and Not he doesn't have any injuries consistent with that. Right. None, no reported issues. Like he would have had some fucking hematoma if he had smacked the windshield. But his head couldn't have hit that spot. Yeah, physical injuries they recorded. Like he had a lump on his head, but he didn't have any serious injuries after the after the crash or after the the incident. Uh, the actual uh, expert that was dispatched from the Ford Motor Company to examine the windshield damage, uh, he went over the like the he went over the materials for several days and he made a conclusion that he said that these crack patterns and the apparent sequence of the fractures seem to be due to both inward and outward forces acting almost simultaneously. That's, those are his words. And and he said it, it was as if like pressure, not something impact, but like something had pressed onto the windshield and continued to press until there was enough pressure that it cracked the windshield. Yeah, that's what he said. Which is like, you, you how do you get that? You can't. Get, how like do you it, get that? Like if you hit an animal or something, it would, it wouldn't 
produce the same type of crack pattern. Like it would be like a big impact, like central impact point, and then it would spider from there. Well, if you look at the like the actual damage, it's like it almost seems fairly low, like almost on the dashboard, and then it spiders up straight and like kind of goes off to the side. It doesn't seem like I don't know. It doesn't seem like a impact. It's weird though, because when you look at the rest of the damage, right? So you have the damage to the to the windshield, and then the antennas are broken, and the antenna on the back are broken. So it does kind of seem like, you know what I mean? He did hit something, and it rolled up onto the fucking roof and back down onto the fucking back of the car. Yeah, but I, you know what? I will disagree. I will di- disagree because the antennas aren't broken; they are perfectly bent. bent, right? Right. And like, if if an animal was to hit an antenna. That thing's fucking coming off the car. I don't care. It's not bending like that. The front antenna was bent at well, it 60 depends degrees, where it hits it. And the it back where antenna it it, was bent at 90 degrees. Right? Like, it's not... When you hit the car, you don't just fucking perfectly roll over the hood. Like, you're going to get some fucking air. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The other thing is that this expert, he determined that, you know... Someone couldn't... Wouldn't have done that. So, he, he didn't... He said, like, no one walked up and bent these because of the... Amount bugs. of bugs still yeah. on the antennas. So right. anyone that would have went and bent it or anything, the bugs would have come off. And I imagine that would have been the same if an impact. Like if someone, if a fucking deer or something hit those antennas, you think the rubbing would have knocked some of those bugs loose well, like, to the point where he was like... But like they already ruled out. They like The Ford guy said this was not... They, they, they did not hit an animal. There's no evidence to suggest that he hit an animal. No, you would have probably seen bits and You would have seen whatever, hair, you would have saw blood, you would have saw something. And there's a single headlight that got smashed. Just and the it, headlight itself. Well, and then the one beside it, perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Which is fucking weird. Right? And again, the windshield, they, they're saying simultaneously as if something had hit the inside and outside at the exact same time. Like, it's just weird damage to a vehicle. So almost like... So he's driving down the road, a pressure, like the ball produces a pressure wave, which hits the, sh- the screen, but he also maybe hits the screen a little bit with his head, maybe not, maybe more on the top of the windshield, not at the bottom. And that stops it from, it, it seems weird that it doesn't actually like, it spiders, but it doesn't actually, it doesn't shatter. And this in 79, where the, like, cause now if you like crack a windshield, if you gotta take a hammer to a windshield, Right, it just spiders and just kind of like hangs there. You can't actually break it out. But in '79, were the windshields the same still? Uh, seven. No, they were. They were still like that. They were like spiderweb. They're not going to shatter. They right. were still working on that. There's another unusual detail. Uh, we t- we mentioned about the the retinal damage that he had, or the you know the the distress that his eyes had had suffered. The funny thing is. The windshields in the Ford LTD, that specific windshield on his model of car was actually designed so that it would block a majority of UV radiation and UV radiation usually being the kind of cause for like this kind of radiation damage that would be done observed with his eyes. So that's another funny thing where it's like if the light damaged his eyes, like the windshield should have protected him if it was outside the vehicle. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So then, like, when he claims that it was inside the vehicle with him, that makes a lot of sense. So he'd be driving around with a fucking, like, tiger torch or something like that would be the only other way to generate Arc that. Arc welding on the side. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't make a lot of money. That would they make sense. That's why I hit the ditch. <laughs> Doing a little TIG welding in the fucking car while he's... One had, one had welding in the passenger seat. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, another... One of the other theories is that they, they kind of put for is um, that... 
which is kind of far out there, but they thought that perhaps some of the damage that was done to the antennas, the way that the antennas were break, they kind of had this theory that perhaps it was some type of electromagnetic force. And then that generated the type of, uh, like the, the force needed to bend these things. So what they did is, um, I, I learned about this today was that, um, every car, when they are stamped out, when the materials for that car are stamped out, they have a specific magnetic like fingerprint that you can kind of gauge at. So if you take an, an exact model of the same, you know, exact same model of this, or, you know, approximate same model of the same car, same year, same make and build, both of them should have similar like magnetic fingerprints. Right. And so they actually measured, they gauge, like took a you know, magnometer, whatever they do to measure the magnetic fields of objects, but they actually checked it against another, uh, another, police car and they said but they said there was no difference there was no discernible difference between the magnetic fields in either like the magnitude was about the same so that kind of rules out that but i thought that was i was like that's pretty cool that they went to that much detail to try to figure it out yeah that is really cool that's pretty much the main those are the main points of the story now before we get into theories let's take a quick beer break We're back. So Brecky uh, had brought in all of the experts uh, that you would pretty much bring in for like a, to investigate a car wreck, with the exception of one Alan Hendry. Uh, Alan Hendry is probably best known for writing the UFO handbook. I know probably some of our fans actually own that book somewhere. Like <laughs> it's it's probably in somebody's house. I'm sure somebody can send us a picture. Wait, of was it not? UFO was it handbook. the UFO handbook or the UFO encyclopedia? I have the, the UFO Encyclopedia by John Spencer. That's oh, different, that, different okay. Guy. It's a different one. Similar, yeah. but not the same. Right. Gotcha. So uh, Alan Hendry was working for the Center of for UFO Studies, which was originally founded by J. Allen Hynek, you know, Project Blue Book, Project Grudge, da-da-da, uh, granddaddy of all UFO investigations. Um, he was actually personally hired by Hynek uh, in the 1960s, 70s, uh, when he was looking for somebody for with the expertise to kind of lead a UFO investigation squad. So the guy had tons of experience investigating UFOs. Uh, when he was brought in on this one, you know, he, he took the time to kind of get an entire view of the entire situation. And he made, you know, like into his, uh, his opinion, I don't think we ever really got a, a clear view of what he thought it believed. Cause I mean, most of the time UFOs, you get into these things and you're like, I don't, there's not really enough information. You can only go off of so much from uh, Val Johnson's uh, from Val Johnson's report. It's kind of like, you didn't really say anything except light. And that's pretty much all you can really get from it. Yeah. Well, that you can look like he look at the car, right. And make a determination from there. Right. So I don't think they ever really came to a solid conclusion about what actually happened. So none of the experts really had any simple answer that really that encompassed all of the evidence that they had that something had impacted this car. What that what that something was, obviously something had hit it, but nobody knows. So this whole event became, you know, local history. It became a, a huge kind of deal for, you know, the months and years following the, the actual event. And so much so that it attracted the attention of another UFO researcher, uh, Philip Klass. 
Uh, Philip Class is a UFO researcher slash UFO skeptic slash pro debunker slash, slash Sherlock Holmes of Sherlock fucking Holmes UFOs. of the paranormal. That's everything in one title. I don't understand. Yeah. Whether they're calling him Sherlock Holmes as a type of dig at him or because he applies like the most rational explanation to every single thing. Boring. That's kind of up in the air. To the uh, contrary, my dear Dan. Maybe it's because he's a fucking genius. I mean, yes, he did work for the... He was like a aviation engineer for Boeing, I think, for like 10 years. No, GE. Worked for GE for like 10 years and then wrote for Aviation Weekly. I, I, I'd be more trusting into, in him if he worked from uh, Bombardier, but that's fine. Yep. Philip Class basically says that the, the Val Johnson incident is one of two things. One, it's a hoax by Val Johnson. Two... There's a roving UFO gang out there with little hammers who are perpetuating <laughs> these lies. Ex- mm. Explain. Indubitably. You decide. Wait. My good friends. I would I really picture him sitting there with like his pipe taking a puppy. Yeah. Is this the first episode of Cajun Justice, Canadian edition? <laughs> yeah. Good. It's either a hoax, my friends, or it's a tiny UFO gang with little hammers. I do declare that they had quite small hammers, in fact. <laughs> Both to me, it's this is why I don't like Philip Class theories because Dan pointed out pre-show that like he, you know, Philip Class was maybe being a little sarcastic when he said the UFO game with tiny hammers. But to say that Val Johnson is perpetuating this hoax doesn't make sense either. I'm like, so you how like explain how he how did he get this hoax? Like explain to me. What do you mean? How did he get this hoax? And why? How did he? Why? How did he do it? How did he perpetuate it? How did he get the flash burner? How did he crash? Yeah, in in his book that he wrote, and he he included the the Val Johnson incident. He doesn't address why it is a hoax. He just he says his whole piece about UFO knots with tiny little hammers making damage. And anything Braden has to argue for this entire fucking case file is absolutely irrelevant as he takes pulls from his <laughs> giant fucking mug of vodka orange juice. You can you fit a small have- man's skull inside this mug. Jesus Christ. Like yeah, it's, guys trying it's to like state mug. some facts as he takes views of like this a a and W fucking mug on steroids. Dude, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big mug. It's ridiculous. It's, you stole that from A and W for sure. One hundred percent. That was no, a frost actually, mug at A and W. Oh, steam whistle. Yeah, we bought the yeah steam whistle brewing f- free. You plug. know what, Andrew? Jealousy is not a good look on you. But this mustache is okay. <laughs> Bringing it back. Uh, but there's no way, like, to to say like you, if you can't tell me how he fucking did this hoax. Be like, this is why it's a hoax. I, I found he had a TIG welder under the seat that he burned his own eyes after he crashed. Then I'm like, right? Like Canadian Cajun baby justice. Like he's not Cajun at all. He was crashed. Des Moines. <laughs> and he crashed. <laughs> and he crashed. Um, but that, that's the thing. So, like, when you just say that, when you make that bold claim, and then your your other solution that you offer is, well, maybe it's a tiny gang of UFO believers who want to make everyone else believe through violence, violent force. So wait, he thinks 
that a gang of UFO believers blinded him in his car, making him swerve off the road and then ran up to his car, pounded it with small hammers and then burned his eyes with torches. <laughs> fucking bend, 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 fucking bend, Jacob, bend the antennas before we go. <laughs> Apparently they had a fucking debate and he debated that fucking argument. Like in front of a fucking group of people. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I get what I get. What Philip Class is doing as a debunker, he's giving you two options. He's telling you it's a like you need to decide. This is either a hoax. Oh, it is this ridiculous. Why, why is he from? Why is he from Louisiana? He's why? I don't understand. I don't know. Is he not from Louisiana? <laughs> no, he's from Des Moines, Iowa. Is that even how people from Louisiana speak? Is that Something is that cool? not how people from Iowa speak? I don't know. I don't I've never know. Been to Iowa either place. Don't speak like that. So, either way. but what I'm saying is, is that he's doing this. He's doing this and saying this fucking ridiculous story, so that the people listening will go, "Oh, Val Johnson's fucking lying," because there's no way it was a group of a gang and you know of these UFO believers with tiny hammers. That's unbelievable <laughs> to me. So obviously it's a hoax, but I'm like, yeah, but you're not giving people the explanation of how, why it's a hoax. That's you're, it's bullshit. Like it's, he's a, he's a fucking asshole for doing that. In my opinion, the fact that he just, that he actually came up with that, like it was a group of people with small hammers just seems he could have just left well, it I wide think he's open. He's doing it to be an asshole. I don't think he's being it to be saying he's, he's being he's, doing, he, saying he, that 100%, being an asshole. He wrote that in his book, but he was 100% being sarcastic. Like he yeah. was being sarcastic. So he's like, it's either a bunch of aliens and a UFO that get out with tiny hammers and smash these things, or it's a hoax. Like that's his thing. Like, it could only be, you know, it's two those of those two things. things, but the hoax is the more logical, you know, more rational choice, like 100% in that argument. Philip Class gives more fucking thought into his ridiculous tiny <laughs> hammer scenario than he does into how this, like how the hoax, hoax is being perpetuated. Right. He, he just says that it's a, he just says that his conclusion is that it's a hoax, but he doesn't go on to explain how the hoax was perpetrated or kind of put forth any, you know, supporting why supporting argument as to why or how he would do this. That's going to be my argument from now on with anything. Like when any of you guys like, Oh, I wonder how this happened. I'm going to be like, well, it's either two things, my (laughs) friends. It's either a hoax. Oh, it's a bunch of gangs with tiny little hammers. So, you know what is happening here is, Braden's finally found an accent that he can kind of do somewhat well, and he's just going back to the well constantly. No, that's his, that's got, his argument like voice. That's, I've got four. Yeah. If you argue in the voice of a Louisiana lawyer, it obviously gives you more credibility. Like, I need to see you. I just, just picture you in science. a full like boss hog outfit, all white, yeah. dabbing your forehead with like a terry cloth. Yeah, he's got the he's got the bow tie, like the bolo tie. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, the more he drinks the more he speaks like that the more cajun he becomes what happens it's fair he's empty he's empty or or he's been bitten by a regaroo don't make eye contact huh we're all we've all been past the (laughs) curse well well, andrew i've only got two options for you i'm either been bitten by a rougarou or i've joined a gang where we have little hammers (laughs) (laughs) aliens 
it just it, it that part it bugged me because I'm like, if you're gonna be a fucking if you're gonna be sarcastic and be an asshole to someone's fucking like if you're gonna be that judgmental of this guy's story, tell us why. Tell like explain it because any way I cut it, I can't make sense of everything. I like anything I think of can't account for all the evidence that we have in this case. And that's why this is such a good case. Um, should we start getting into our theories? You guys I mean, want to do that? But you have just as much evidence that it was a gang of fucking dudes with little tiny hammers as you do sure. as, as it was aliens. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. But sure. Okay, then how do they, how did they burn his eyes? Good question. But still, how did the aliens burn his eyes? We don't even know if aliens have the technology to do shit like that. We have no okay, idea. Well, here, here, this is what I was thinking. Okay. So what I was thinking is when he saw the light, Right, and it's coming at him. Whatever craft this is, it's obviously not that big. Why? Let's say it's some sort of. Why? That's what he says. It's not that big. That's what he says. That, it's not the, that big. the light he saw wasn't that big, but maybe it was. Listen, fucking obviously, sh- it's not that big because it was in the car at one point. The Can't light was in the, the car. car. The ship wasn't in the car. The light was in the car. Yeah, but maybe the light's the ship. You don't know that. That's what, well, that's I'm, what I'm saying. But you don't know. You don't know that the light was shooting, the, or the ship was shooting the light, or the fucking ship was the light. So I, what I'm saying is whatever this thing was, maybe it can bend space-time and travel at light speed. Or Which would explain the time-stopping. It explains yeah. the time-stopping. 14 stopping. minutes, wow. Second yeah. thing is, maybe as it's bending space and time and getting ready to accelerate at high speeds, it jumps, but it actually like doesn't mean to hit... Uh, Johnson, it just ends up in the car for a fucking split second as it's folding, like all everything ahead of it is folding in so it can make a light speed jump. So for a moment in time, Johnson feels like this thing is in the car with him, but really it's this craft bending space time. That's why you have these seemingly simultaneous outside impacts and inside impacts at the exact same time on the windshield. That's kind of where my head was going, but again, it doesn't it doesn't account for everything. Like, so you think I don't it was a how... small ship that was able to get inside, and that's why there was minimal I, damage I think it was on the a inside. Pro- I think it was a probe. I think it was some sort of probe, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Right. Maybe about to do go into fucking light speed. It seems about as likely as a gang with tiny hammers. I could buy that. Uh, I'd probably go along with uh, Brayden's line of reasoning, which I think that you know, folding space time is a pretty. Uh, well-known theoretical way of, of space travel. And if it was a probe, it might've been looking into, we've talked about it before UFOs being spotted near certain bases that have nuclear weapons capability. Grand Forks air force base is not far from where that, where this incident took place. Grand Forks air force base at the time was part of strategic air control uh, or strategic air command uh, in the United States. And they had just the year before uh, been, uh, they had had nuclear tip missiles deployed in their facilities. They had uh, anti-ballistic missile systems installed and they had nuclear capabilities ready to go just in case since we're this would still be Cold War time. So if it was a probe, it might have been looking at Grand Forks Air Force Base and then it kind of either traveled over that way or he got caught in its time of space time distortion when it you know took off. I get good reasons any. I mean that the for me the biggest thing here, the weirdest thing in this whole thing, other than the fucking fact that he had burns apparently to his eyes, is the missing time. And like bending time yeah. is the only thing that makes sense other than him just fucking 
screwing the clocks on purpose. Right. I like I would I would have went with the magnetic. That was where my thinking was at first. It's like, yeah, we see the like if it was some sort of like magnetic distortion, mag- electromagnetic distortion, I would have went with that. But the you know, when they actually did take the time to do the the readings on the magnetic footprint and there was no there's no obvious difference between that and a similar car if they're going off this magnetic footprint thing. If that's accurate, if that if that measurement is accurate, then it's like then okay, well then it, it, that that wouldn't explain the stop time. It's the only thing. Then it's like okay, maybe you're talking time space distortion, which is so what, like that's the most bizarre part of this whole thing for me. Is this is the time? Yeah, with the fact that his watch and his car were both, both. missing the fourteen minutes. Yeah, it's because yeah, if the if it's like oh, it's just the watch was fourteen minutes, like okay, you could maybe chalk that up to like mechanical error, it was bad battery or whatever. But then when they both when you sync them up every shift, that's like part of your routine. And then both well, we're clocks, taking his word for it. Yeah, well, I'm, was that? I mean, if they really investigated this hard, would they not just? Well, here's the thing, though. Like we're taking his word for it, but one of the big things that was a little bit weird to me. Again, I know. It won't wouldn't hold up in court, but he did refuse to take a polygraph. Yeah, I mean, but he also didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Like he wasn't yeah. he his kind of whole stance on his experience. Like he's told in you know multiple interviews, he's always like, "If you want to believe me, believe me. If you don't, don't. Yeah, it's not a big deal. That's fine. I, what happened to me happened to me. He went on <laughs> Good Morning America. He went on Good Morning America. He went Once. on fucking. He went on. Public television around the world. Two TV shows. Yeah, he went on two TV shows, right? So if he doesn't want to make a big deal out of it and he's avoiding to take the fucking polygraph, he wouldn't have went on Good Morning America. But here's the thing. He's never said, I saw UFOs. He's never said that. He's just said, I don't know what I saw. Something, I've had a strange experience. And yeah. That's fine. Like, so why take a polygraph? Because, because they're going to say, it, "Hey, like, did this fucking actually happen? Did you see a bright shining light, or did maybe have a few fucking uh, peach schnapps on your shift and crash fucking, your car into the fucking did, ditch?" Did you have a Did you have a couple road sodas? Yeah, a couple road sodas here, pal. We just want to know, Val. No biggie. But that's you know what I mean. That to me, that's a little bit fucking weird. Yeah, that's fine. But like, if he was drunk, but that's, drunk but that's on the why job. This isn't available. This is why lie detector tests are. Uh, good court things because you're automatically biased once you ask somebody to take a polygraph test it's not my prerogative to take a, a lie detector test like so, why would you why would i take one if i don't need to take one uh, nobody's in trouble yeah. they just wanted him to take a fucking polygraph he opted out that was his choice yes. that's right. fine and so that makes but him guilty or did i say it made him guilty no i'm just you saying did. no you said i didn't really i just weird. said that's the weird part about it he's willing to go on live tv and shit when you guys are saying he wants to keep this fucking low key and he's not trying to make Listen, a big deal about it have you ever thought about this though andrew Maybe it wasn't the questions about the UFO he was worried about. Maybe it's the baseline questions of what's your name. Maybe it's not Val. Maybe it's Hal. Right? Maybe he's, maybe he's maybe he's lying about that. You know what? To me, it didn't bug me that much because I couldn't find a date. I couldn't find a date of when he refused to do the polygraph, and it sounded very. It sounded to me very quickly that he was not into being in the spotlight. Like after like. After the initial like appearances and stuff, he was very like. He didn't continue. I don't want How does that put you in the spotlight, like, though? I don't understand. Like, if you've got nothing to hide, and you're like, "Fuck it, hook me up." I don't give a shit. I saw a bright shining light, and my car hit the ditch. Big fucking deal. You, you know can what? ask me all you want you know, about to that. To be honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a lie detector test either because I know the how. Like, they're not accurate. 
at all. Yeah, but it doesn't it, listen. Like it, it, it is accurate. It's it, it, it's not one hundred percent conclusive, but it does. It's measuring your blood pressure. It's measuring measuring your pulse rate, and it's fucking the guy that's doing the test is trained on how to read people. Yeah, Kate, you, you said that, that fine, but you also said me was he maybe he was just drunk and crashed his car. Was he not picked up by like? Did paramedics not pick him up, or how did he get back from the scene? Like what? Paramedics happened? Him he up. went to the hospital. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I mean, so if he was that, up. if he was that drunk, yeah, they would have. You have to be that drunk, but all, you got to remember too. Like maybe they're fucking being. Like, you know what? We know he had a couple pops. We're gonna fucking throw this under the rug. Paramedics, we don't have the ability to fucking breathalyze yeah. somebody or run blood work. No, okay, I'm saying so. He's drunk. Okay, I'll maybe I'll, he wasn't I'll drunk, bite. but maybe if he had a few drinks during his shift and that was enough for him to be like fuck. I can't okay, fucking say anything. When you have a few uh, drinks, you are not, you can still operate stuff. You can still do stuff. Why, what would make him swerve and crash and break the windshield? And burn and his light, retinas. And burn his retinas. the fact that he fucking just crashed his car in general. You know what I mean? What, what, or even better, Andrew's theory number one. Maybe he fucking, I know what you did last summer, Minnesota style. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what that means, but that means yeah. he hit a he's just fucking dri driving and he hits a guy in a Paddington bear outfit with a fucking claw hand and he goes over his fucking windshield and hits the ditch and he just keeps driving saying, oh, shit, I better keep going. I'm going to lose my job. So he made yeah, up the story of his eyesight loss and made all that up. Yeah. Got to lose it. He didn't want to lose his job. He didn't know what else to do. Now he's being haunted. Why it's do you think he keeps moving? <laughs> guy moved to Wisconsin. He's a mall Listen, cop now. The, see, wouldn't, the that give him, wouldn't that give him more reason not to go on TV then? He had to. <laughs> Didn't have a choice. He, 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 got, himself, he got himself into right. this fucking mess, and he had to sell oh, it. Oh, and the chief, knows, the chief knows. So when the mayor's like, fix the car, get it back on the road, he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to leave that as a reminder for Johnson. And that time he fucking killed that Paddington bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, the problem is that I have, I have a twofold problem with this, a two-prong problem. With your theory that, like, I don't mind that he didn't take the the polygraph. I, he's never. He's also never done hypnotic regression. He's just. He's just not. They didn't bring it. in sprinkle. He's not into that. Hui. They didn't bring in sprinkle. Oh, but like, this guy went on to be a police chief, and then also f like help fund like found like an or what happened to another him, police department. Why isn't he police chief? Why Why did he lose his job as a police chief? Well, it doesn't say why he lost his yeah, job as a police does. chief, but it, it then. When he whenever he was with the Oslo Oslo Police Department, when he was founding that, he got fired from there because of budgeting issues. Well, I guess he was the police chief there as well, because he even says once you're fired as police chief, you're unhirable. I don't know. I I, I think there was more of a reason why he got fired. Okay, you think why? he's a little bit of a shyster? There was a little bit of fucking issues with some funds. Oh, you think he was siphoning funds? I don't know if he was siphoning, but that that's I'd have to look it up again. Dude, what what did uh, they have to do weird. with him seeing a UFO? Was, was just going to character, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when that when the, if he were a shyster shuffling funds, wouldn't he have given him that would have given him more reason to like take advantage of the UFO thing. The yeah, only money that he's advantage. ever made from the UFO thing was one unsolicited check. He didn't ask for it, but the National Enquirer sent it to him for having the UFO encounter of the year. Unless he That's killed the only money he a made Paddington off. bear looking fisherman and didn't want it to be keep getting brought up. And that that would have him steal money because yeah. Because he's got to pay off this fisherman. The fisherman keeps showing up every summer. He doesn't know what else to fucking do. So finally, he's like, listen, don't murder me. I'm going to embezzle some money. I'm going to pay you off, and I'm going to retire as a fucking 
small so fisherman who is wandering right. around Al Johnson Mark listen in the middle of northwestern maybe Minnesota. the most off track theory we've ever come up with yeah it's it Zell what's it's your theory that. we haven't heard from you oh, we've heard of done. fucking Andrews Paddington bear I tr- bullshit I, tr- I got I more tried, you want more I tried I tried <laughs> I to more. speak I tried to speak like th- 45 times and Andrew just kept speaking so there's no po- possible way to give a theory I forgot what we were talking about to be honest <laughs> all right lips what happened there's a fucking Something on the road and Paddington Bear. That's now what I think. Like, what happened? What did we just talk about? <laughs> that's what the Val Johnson instance about. Everything I wanted to talk about was off derailed when Paddington Bear came up five times in a row. What's your theory, Zell? That's what I'm asking. I don't know anymore. <laughs> no, he obviously seen something. Something happened to this guy. If he really had, you don't just lose vision from a like a blinding. Do they have those like? Because now you know when you're driving on the highway and someone high beams you with those like new LED headlight headlamps and you almost do yeah, go they blind. Didn't have those back then, no way. Yeah, you almost do go blind and you almost fly off the road. They didn't have that in '79. They're all just the yellow fucking flood lamps. Nothing's that bright. Like not a passing vehicle would be that bright. So like, what you're what you're telling me is that this is the fucking DeLorean going back in time with some halogen lights for the first time. There's some type of mysterious energy here that we never talked about it. That sometimes what comes up in UFOs is some type of ball lightning, which can travel through surface. Sometimes people claim and can be, I mean, lightning is so bright. If you were to stare at a bolt of lightning, if it was consistent, it probably would blind you. It'd just be like, just like a spark. So if it wasn't some type of extraterrestrial ball, like orb, like drone or whatever you want to say, maybe it was a like a weather phenomenon. And he did, and like, but that doesn't, I guess that doesn't uh, go for the dents on the hood, though, and the broken windshield, unless he hit something in the ditch, kind of. I don't know. Well, it doesn't really say that. The, the only other thing is, I guess we don't know a lot about ball lightning, but like from all everything I read, it was a clear evening. So I don't know what the conditions need to be for ball lightning. It's got to be electricity. Or if that can be a yeah. if that can be a ball if that can be a like a byproduct of like UFO or space travel or something, but like that would make sense for the burns. Um, maybe the 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 battery car stopping, um, or the clocks both stopping simultaneously, but it doesn't. It just I don't know about the dents on the hood. Maybe that's just old, and he just could chalk it up to the story. Thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but you got yeah all of the yeah because for us it's like with the UFO things it's usually you don't get these types of like physical damage to the car. You never really get. You know, dents on the hood, broken windshields, broken uh, headlamps, whatever. You, you don't really get that stuff. You get the stop time. You get the the batteries going wonky or, you know, losing their charge or things like that. Radios malfunctioning, turning on, turning off. You get the stuff that you would associate with electromagnetic phenomenon. And then, but for this case, it's really hard to find a solid theory that encompasses all of that that explains all of the evidence that you have in front of you. You almost have like too much evidence to kind of go on it. <laughs> so it's, it, it's really weird because this is one of those cases. And you know, it, this is one of the few, one of the cases that's been kind of named as like one of the most convincing cases of UFOs or whatever. It's like, he hit something, what he hit, we don't know, you know, and uh, the, 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 all of this stuff that you have, there, there's no way it's truly unexplainable because even the experts are like, I might be able to explain this, but this doesn't explain this. Cause I see this and this and this. And 
I can't, we can't put them all together. There's no way to it. There might be a way to explain one or two, but not everything that together. So right. that's what makes this one like really interesting. A- Andrew, in my opinion. Andrew, bring your mic back in for a second here. I know you self muted yourself. What's your <laughs> other theory? Let's hear your other theory. He's got you more. Ready for it? Yep. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Solar flare. DBZ. T- Tien was Tien? in the car with him. Potentially, well, not only Tien, Yon, Chaozu, Chaozu knows how to do it. Yamcha, Goku, list goes on. All the Z fighters. Krillin knows how to do it too. Uh, was he cruising down the road and randomly fell upon a wild Pikachu? Potentially, we don't Cell know games. that. I don't know. Cell games could have mm. been going. I don't anything know. that produces electricity, you're basically saying could be is anything. A suspect. What about fireworks? Maybe you got the could've fucking hooligans throwing out wild Roman candles, burning his eyes. Yeah. You know what the that's funny because that was one of the theories that I had read too is fireworks. Potentially. But I'm like, I just don't I just don't know how fireworks do the damage. Because you would see they you would see like fucking fireworks marks move. Well here's fireworks the question move. that I have though is the fact that like so when you when you do these eye examines, you don't have like ev- like you don't have physical evidence of these burns. Right? A lot of this stuff is going along the lines with the patient's complaints, what they're stating, what their issues are. Okay. Mm, and a big, and a big thing here too, is the fact that like everything I've listened to, everybody's like, listen, this Val Johnson guy, he's a fucking cop. He is a trustworthy person. That's not necessarily always the case. You know what I mean? A friend of a friend of ours is also a public servant and he's a piece of shit. Shady as they come. (laughs) You can't go ahead and just trust this guy because of his fucking job. You know that's a that's an interesting point you bring up because then that right away when you said that it makes me think that maybe this guy does have a side hustle because you know I especially in the states I know a lot of law enforcement positions are very underpaid. What if this guy has a side job as a welder, right? And that's because he he seems like a pretty like right you know fucking guys guy. What if he had those issues from welding, but he has this issue and he's just like. You know, workers' comp claim. I'm going to throw <laughs> this in here too to get some coverage. I listen. We've all done I, and, it, and, and that's We've and that's not a shitty it. thing to do. I that's not. not a shitty thing to do. It's you know, like in, in the circumstances, it's like well, I, I need the coverage, right? I yeah. need the coverage. So, you know, maybe that's a that's interesting. I don't know what like what workers' compensation. Hey, listen, he's living in an area that like does not Minnesota. have health insurance. They don't have. They don't even have yeah. universal health care. Yeah, so it's yeah, you'd want to get everything covered as you can. So interesting. Uh, any final thoughts? They don't have universal health care in Southern Canada. Too bad. No, 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 no unfortunately. <laughs> Just get on Only it. Only Northern Canada. <laughs> I, for me, though, to be honest, like I'm, I'm joking around when I'm talking about padding and bear and stuff like that. I'm going for a laugh here. Like this one's super interesting to me because there is no big thing to disprove this. There is no obvious yeah. reason to be like, no, this is bullshit. This guy didn't monetize anything from this situation if anything he really made it seem like he wanted to sweep it under the rug and keep going on with his life it did you know there's no book deals he's not inviting anybody to the fucking desert to get not giving fucking limp wrist handshakes at (laughs) alien con exactly you know what i mean like that's cool to me i i enjoyed this case file it's interesting and there's a lot of really interesting stuff and i understand why this is one of the most believable cases this is like it's on like a list of like top 10 UFO cases where they're like, this is fucking potential for being an actual real encounter. 
Well, you know what's funny? We're we're debating whether or not this guy had a fucking encounter when we know the government has come out and said UFOs are real and they may have a craft from outside this world. So it, it boggles my mind that we're even debating that this is, you know, that this guy could be potentially not telling the truth about this because we know for a fact these things are out there. Well, and especially with when Dan was saying that this is near, it was, there's a... An Air Force Base, what you're saying, Dan, in Grand Forks, mm-hmm. which is close. Yep. Grand Forks is where the ambulance came from to pick him up. So obviously it's somewhat close to this area, right? It's it, it it's cool. We have that's a common theme in a lot of these cases. The fact that these aliens are showing up near Air Force bases and military bases, right? So yeah, like yeah. I said before, that that certain base had just the year before started a type of like nuclear armament. Like it had nukes before. I believe that they had had uh they were equipped with like Miniman missiles, like actual ballistic intercontinental, intercontinental ballistic missiles. But they also had just the year before had a shipment brought in of anti-ballistic missiles, ones that were designed to both intercept ballistic missiles, like flying both out of the atmosphere. So like above the atmosphere, above a certain altitude, and then also ones that were designed to intercept ballistic missiles within the atmosphere. So you had the two type, but they were both like nuclear tipped missiles. So you had a pretty, you know, sizable arsenal there, um, you know, and we've seen times before where, uh, you know, UFOs seem to appear uh, with more frequency above these types of facilities that have nuclear weapons housed in their facilities. Yeah. And so it could, it's a, you know, it's not beyond logical. It's not beyond logic to kind of put the two together and be like, maybe he saw something that was investigating that. Like that's what, that's what he saw. Totally. Uh, any other final thoughts on the Val Johnson nah. incident? Nah. nah. Uh, why don't we get into a little bit of space news? Uh, this article is from Science Alert. ScienceAlert.com. Uh, we finally know how much radiation there is on the moon. It's not good. And it's not great news. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's bad. Uh, basically, cancer. <laughs> you're get, you're getting cancer or superpowers, either or or, or super, one of the two. Yeah, or disease. No, it's neurodegenerative diseases. Did any of the of the astronauts who went to the moon get those diseases? Well, they said that the the amount of radiation that is present on the moon is you can stay there for what is like a couple of days. It's not that big a deal. It's not that big a risk. But to stay there for extended periods of time right. would be uh, problematic. So if you set yeah. up moon base on the surface, you're not in for a good time. Maybe they just don't no. want anybody to turn into moon hulks. Well, I'm not sure about the because uh, when we went through the article, like it's it doesn't really mention anything about uh, like the type of structure you would have to be in. Because I would assume if you build a structure on the moon that has you know that is going to be uh, vulnerable to cosmic rays and uh, cosmic radiation you would build it with some type of you know radiation protection in yeah, mind or incorporated yeah, but into it but just, the article didn't really say that you just build know. them underground dirt is an amazing absorbent of radiation like you could just build your moon bases underground it's true and probably be okay because dirt is amazing at uh stopping that so i imagine moon dirt works the same i don't know it does cheese moon does cheese stop radiation i don't know we have to find i know out. i know we talked about that earlier didn't they say they had discovered like the caverns caves. on the moon where they're like yeah. lava yeah. not just That's caverns I, lava tubes 
An- right. Ancient and I think they've talked about that as being a viable option in Mars as well, because they've talked about either building structures from the what they call regolith or whatever, the the Mars the dust. Uh, yeah. The Mars dust and the actual rock on Mars because it absorbs all that radiation. But I think most of the time that uh, either these like astro engineers are thinking about building stuff. I think they're they're most of their options are like build underground <laughs> is probably the the most viable option for constructing long term settlements. At this point, anyways. Get out of the way. What else I got here? Uh, The elusive leak in the ISS has been narrowed down to two Russian modules. Um, This was kind of weird because I had no idea. I knew we had that the one like drill mark that was weird like a while ago. But the International Space Station has been leaking for over a year. And they just haven't been able to figure out from where. So they finally narrowed it down to where it is leaking and they've got it down to two Russian modules. So they're, uh, they're going to, right. They're, they're pretty sure it's coming from one of the two modules. One of them houses like, uh, the like the majority of the life support systems for the Russian part of the station, like the Russian half of the station is contained within that. So it's like the oxygen generators and stuff like that. Then the other, I think the other module they said is the one that's connected to the Soyuz spacecraft, which is basically their escape pod on the ISS. So they can't, they can't really test the, the, the astronauts. It's like, we can't do the tests that are necessary to find out where the oxygen is coming from without having to shut one of those. You have to like completely seal off one of those modules and you can't seal off the life support module and like because of protocols, just in case there's an emergency, you can't seal off the life support module or the Soyuz spacecraft module because if something happens, you have to be able to get to the Soyuz. You have to be able to get to the escape pod. Yeah. (laughs) And there's only one escape pod apparently. And now is that the same pod that was, had the drill marks in it from last year? Or is that now gone? They said it was the same one. It's I don't know if it's the same one, but they I know they they closed that one. They fixed that. They found out where that leak was coming from, and they they sealed it with like an epoxy right. sealant or something. They had to do on that like an eight hour spacewalk to do it. And then there there's a there's an interesting quote like near the bottom of that that article where the Russian astronauts cosmonauts uh, were saying that we know how it happened. But we're not going to tell you. Like, we know how it, we know how it happened. We know what it is. Uh, I think the 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 big theory or the most uh, the most popular theory was some sort of like manufacturing defect, and uh, it looked like somebody had tried to cover up the hole with like with paint during the manufacturing process. So you know somebody's getting somebody's yeah. a big somebody's going to the gulag. Someone's getting one. poisoned. Yep. <laughs> See you later. Um. This on September 23rd, the space station made an emergency maneuver to dodge an object. It's crazy. Astronauts above the ISS carried out an avoidance maneuver uh, on September 23rd to ensure the ISS would not be hit by a piece of space debris. Whether or not it was, you know, actually threatening the ISS, they I think it was like determined that it was going to pass within several kilometers. But just out of an abundance of caution, they decided to do some emergency maneuvers to make sure there was no chance of the debris striking the ISS because that would be catastrophic. Just a little, tiny little pellet going to that speed would just destroy the shielding. 
Right. Or even smashing into one of the solar panels or things like that would cause like serious problems. So uh, they've definitely, they've done, I think maneuvers like this are relatively common. Like they kind of do these like every, I don't know, like they said like 25 times they've in the last, I don't know, in the last year or something, they've done like little course corrections to, to avoid, you know, space junk. I want, I wonder if it's an increasing thing, like just, just more debris satellites filing out of orbit. And I don't know. Dude, just wait till one of them, we have a fucking, it's only a matter of time before we have a fucking issue with two satellites colliding. Space is getting fucking... Getting crowded. Getting crowded. We're putting 10,000 Starlink sa- satellites up there, so... How many are up there already? Probably that many. Could, could you imagine... I don't even, you know what, I don't even want to put this fucking energy out here in 2020. I'm not even going to finish yeah. my thought. Recant. Uh, Recant the statement. <laughs> I want to finish it just in case of the prediction. Comes I just through. want my super could you imagine, fast space internet. Could you imagine if Starlink and Elon Musk, who wants to like bring us into the future, his Starlink satellites cause a Kepler effect and render space like unreachable <laughs> because of him? That would be uh, the, we, need get, we need to get into the space trash business. Yeah. We need to. I'll be a space trashman. Pretty sweet. Just flying around um, space with a large net. You would just you would just play like you you play like cosmic pool. You would just like shoot rocks at like stuff and like knock it out of orbit so it just like burns up in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. 100 percent Um, all right, let's get into why don't we fire up the randomatron, see if uh punch it in for fan stories. We haven't read a fan story in a while. Dial it in. Here we go. <laughs> Fan story should be printing. Bus is this? Um, you know it's funny. I there was a someone tagged us in a, a podcast that reviewed our podcast, and the review of our podcast basically said that the randomatron is a noise we play, is a noise we play, only to make the listener listen to a terrible noise. And I'm like. Obviously, they don't know engineering yeah. because this is the finest technological advanced sorting story sorting device you can get. It's rather not, insulting. So. Yeah, that's yeah. I was, I, I was, I was upset. I'll see. You um, three what podcast is this? I'm going to be lot. leaving a very stern review. <laughs> one star coming your <laughs> one way. Star, Four sir. one stars. Get ready for your rating to drop. Here's. <laughs> This story is from Mike McCormick, who I can only assume is the heir to the McCormick candy banana fortune. Uh, He says we can use his name. Send me a discount code for the candy. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, It's it's promo code bananas uh, when you order. I really I thought it was promo code diabetes. (laughs) Either or, diabetes gets you fifty percent off. (laughs) Uh, When I was fifteen or sixteen. I lived in an older home with my mom and stepdad. I had to have my blinds open because I felt claustrophobic in my room. Almost every night I had this feeling of someone watching. Some nights I had to have my blinds open because I felt claustrophobic in my room. Almost every night I had this feeling of someone watching. Some nights I'd see a shadow walk by the window. It always creeped me out, but I'd rather that feeling and feeling confined. One night around 2 a.m. after everyone was sleeping, 
I let the three dogs out the back door. The back door was added after the house was built, and the door was slightly too big for the doorway, so it had to be forced open and shut. So I closed the door after letting them out. About 20 minutes later, I got up to let the dogs inside, and the door was wide open, and the dogs came inside. I didn't hear the door open, and the dogs never never jumped on the doors, even when excited. A few weeks later, I was trying to sleep. I had grabbed a Coke before bed and left the empty can on the entertainment center beside my door, opposite of my room from my bed. I woke up to the sound of an empty can hitting my wall and rolling a little. I was slightly freaked out, so I did what I would have done as a kid and stayed under the blanket with my lights out and eyes shut, hoping it whatever it was wouldn't bother me. I woke up with the Coke can where I had left it and no other can in the room. This bothered me enough that I finally asked my mom about these things. She told me that she didn't want to bother me, so she never told me about what's been going on around them. She was experiencing sleep paralysis and hearing a voice talk to her in her sleep. She mentioned that sometimes the masculine figure would place his hand on her shoulder while whispering to her. After a couple of months, my stepdad picked up a night job working as protection for clubs in Atlanta. One night, my mother and I were watching a movie. She was up and down constantly because she was doing some work on the computer we had in the living room as well. After she was finished, we were just quiet watching the movie and I started to see something in the corner of my eye. She was just to my left and whatever I was seeing was at the top right corner of the room. I asked if she could see it and before I even finished my question, she asked me to be quiet. Shh, don't look at it. Don't speak about it. Don't acknowledge it. It'll all be okay. Those words scared me more than they settled me. There was a grayish black smoke or mist that was growing until I spoke of it. It stayed there and our eyes stayed glued to the TV, just like my mom asked. Roughly 10 to 15 minutes later, it was gone just as fast as it appeared. Turns out the shadow figure I was seeing outside my window was also something that my parents were seeing. We named him Charlie and never asked him to leave because he stayed outside. I watched him a couple nights walk beyond my window and walk down towards the woods. After asking our neighbor about the history of the house, she mentioned a man named Charles, hint the name, would do yard work and then walk down to the woods to do work. This was his daily routine. The other thing we experienced were left unresolved. There was a total of three deaths in that house that we knew of. Ooh. Creepy. Creepy. Thanks for the story, Mike McCormick. Why name him? Wow. Spooky. Why name him Mr. Candy Bananas? Don't I don't like it. Dude, just even the fact <laughs> that sitting there and your mom being like, shh, don't look at it. Don't speak about it. Don't acknowledge Oof. it. It'll all be okay. I'm like, whoa. I would be like, listen, mom, terrifying. I love you, but you don't know that. You don't know this. You don't know Charlie. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Jeez. <sighs> All right, uh, what else we got? Well, I think we should announce the theorite of the week. Theorite of the week. Is it me again? Of course. For the <laughs> how many times has Brayden had? I it? don't know. One hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. In his every, mind, every week. Brayden's always theorite of the week. <laughs> 
and his Every mind week's always wins. Week. This week, though, we're going to give it to Amber Jackson. Yeah. Social media star. Social media star, posting us tons of memes. I think she was the first person to send us the video of them recreating the first, like, mommy's voice box. And it's just... As they were mummifying it. Yeah, when, whatever their voice, whatever shape their throat was in when they died, just produced a screaming. A I mean, they would have been, I would have hoped they'd be dead. I hope, <laughs> I'd hope they'd be dead. Them. Unless maybe they were mummified alive. I don't know. Oh, they should have got the squishy Chinese mummy. Mummy's should, alive. Got her. Anyways, Amber Jackson, tons of memes, tons of posts, new Patreon supporter, active on the Discord. You are this week's The Right of the Week. Woo! Woo! Now, yeah, yeah, congrats. Congratulations. We're going to read some new uh, supporters, some more supporters of the show. If you have not got on our Patreon, get on there for early access to case files, after hours, bonus content, Dungeons and Dragons, whole bunch of stuff. Super fun, good times. Super fun, great times. Join the Discord community. And now, community. even better, you get your name read by Zell to this. So, we talked about a while ago making a little theme song for the announcements. I don't know how well this will turn out on the live stream, but in the edited version, it'll be a little better. Theorites supporting for the week of September 21st to 28th. We salute you. First pledge, Josh Borchette or Borche or Borshirt. I'm not sure. Michael... Shay Coons Cody Dixon went up to the top tier. We appreciate it. Eric Jackson Pomeroy Dominic Bodkin Polly Casares Gavin Gerard Eric Smith Tyler Shimko. Taylor. Amber Jackson. James Collar. Joseph Matta. And James Smith. Woo! That's the podcast for the week. Woo! Thanks, everyone. And keep those eyes on the skies. Keep fit, have fun. And don't forget, Alien Theorist Theorizing will be exclusive to Spotify starting October 16th. If you like the show, we'd love for you to follow us over to Spotify. Simple, quick, easy, free. It's just another podcast app, and they're just investing in the podcast to make it better. They don't control the show. It's still your boys. Just will be on Spotify only. We're really excited. If you're supporting on Patreon, nothing really changes except you only get the live version of the show, not the Spotify edit, but you still get all of our bonus stuff, and you can still listen to the feed on other podcast apps. So, we hope you join us October 16th over to Spotify. Follow your boys, follow your favorite show. We appreciate it.